Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be recapping UFC Hamburg. Anthony Smith just knocked out Mauricio Shogun Hua. And Shaq, uh, Anthony Smith, ever since he moved up to 205 pounds, he's knocked out two legends, both in under two minutes. And now his name is up there uh, with the elite at 205. I mean, uh, his career is definitely trending in the right path in just a couple months, man. I mean, he goes from uh, 185 getting... Knocked out by Tiago Mata Santos in what April, and then now all of a sudden he's in the thick of the 205 uh, title race. So, props to Anthony Smith. His career is turning in the right way, and uh, what a career turnaround! Man, I remember when people used to call Anthony Smith a journeyman, and you know it's interesting because he did start off his career, and he was one of those guys. You know those guys like Gerald Mershar, like Dave Vicke, where you know they're 19 years old, they're fighting established veterans, they're fighting every single weekend, they don't have the proper uh, management. But since that point, man, uh, I believe what he's on a 13 and two run, and he's been absolutely destroying almost everyone he's fought. Now he's got those two signature wins under his belt. And when you get a win over a former UFC champion like Rashad Evans, when you get a win over a former UFC champion like Mauricio Shogun Hua, both by vicious KO, it's only going to elevate your career to that next level. That's exactly what it's done for Anthony Smith. And now we're uh, potentially looking at a main event spot with him and uh, Gustafsson if Alex is willing to sign that dotted line. Yeah, it doesn't look like that's uh, going to happen. You know, I, I think uh, my boy DC said it best. I mean, you know, all of a sudden Gustafsson got injured, so uh, that's on him. You know, uh, he wasn't injured when Khalil was on the table. <laughs> but they bring up uh, Anthony Smith's name, and, uh, and and he went running, man. So, I mean, who do you think Anthony Smith should fight next? Man, that's a uh, good question, man. 205 uh, <clears throat> is loaded. You know, uh, I was thinking about a good fight, you know, him versus OSP, Anthony Smith versus OSP. Yeah, that'd be a really exciting fight. Obviously, there's a chance someone goes to sleep in that one, and then some other potential matchups. You know, I know my boy Jan Blankovic is on that year, on that career uh, turnaround. And uh, you know what? You know who's learned how to work around their chin? Corey Anderson, for the most part, right now, until uh, he gets knocked out again. So any of those matchups work for me. And out of those three, who do you want to see the most? Uh, definitely OSP, just because, you know, the way they uh, they both fight. You know, it's going to be a stand-up fight contested uh, in the middle of the cage. You know, Corey's going to be trying to wrestle uh, Anthony. So uh, I, I like the OSP fight. Yeah, and as far as uh, Mauricio Shogun, who uh, I know people are calling for him to retire, but I, I still think you can give him some young up-and-coming guys or even some older veterans, and I still think he's capable of winning fights inside the octagon. Yeah, you know, Shogun, he just ran into a guy that, you know, is just a, a very big boy, even though he's coming up from 85. He's still big at 205. And, uh, you know, the, it's... Uh, the old guys are, you know, kind of fading out in the game. So, you know, Shogun could have like a little retirement fight against, you know, uh, Tyson Pedro or something like that. Or Misha Serkinov, you know. Yeah, that works as well. And uh, something else I was thinking about, obviously Rashad just retired. It's too bad we never got to see Shogun versus Rashad. But if Shogun decides that, hey, man, I, I still want to do this, but maybe I don't want to, you know, fight the DCs, the Gustafsons, the John Jones, the Anthony Smiths of the world, maybe he can head over to Bellator or to Ryzen and, uh, you know, relive that glory that he had once uh, back in the day, man. Maybe him and, v <laughs> and Vitor can take some supplements and uh, fight each other in Japan. Yeah, but well, we need my boy Shogun to uh, retire in the UFC. Do we? <laughs> does that Vitor, even, does that even don't matter really, anymore <laughs> we, don't, we don't really care about Vitor 
<laughs> hey, but TRT Vitor, I'm, I'm a ripoff Rogan. Uh, TRT Vitor is one of the most exciting fighters to watch. Yeah, but, you know, everyone uh, likes Shogun more than Vitor, I'll tell you that much. Especially in Brazil. <laughs> Especially down there in Brazil. So, yeah, you know, Anthony Smith, he's got to get a top contender fight. And uh, Mauricio Shogun, you know, only legends fights or give him, you know, one of these young frauds like Pedro or Serkinov and let, let him get a win there. So Corey Anderson went out there. He defeated Glover Teixeira 30-27 on all three judges' scorecards. I mean, before the fight, we said it's either going to be Glover by KO or Corey by decision. It was Corey by decision. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like he's learned how to work around his chin because, I mean, he got laid out stiff less than a year ago. But, uh, you know, sometimes these guys do pull an Alistair over him and uh, they do get a couple wins despite their shitty chins. But you know it's going to come to light again. But for now, hey, enjoy this win, Corey, you know? Yeah, you know, Glover was definitely a, a step behind, but Corey's on point. Like I said, I think Corey's one of the best 205ers in the world. Top three, four, five is just that chin. You know, if he can work around that chin, you know, like we said with Overeem, just like Overeem, you know, if he can work around that chin, he'd be amazing. But, you know, uh, he did for this fight, which is a great win. And, I mean, he looks clean. I think he's got one of the most well-rounded games of the division. I don't think anyone can keep the pace with him in the division. And uh, where he goes from here, you know, I know he, he did say he wanted that. If Jan wanted a rematch, he'd be willing to give Jan a rematch. So let's see if he really wants that. Yeah, or if not, right. how about, uh, you know, when Volkan comes back from his injury, Corey versus uh, uh, Volkan. Okay, I like that. Corey versus Volkan. You know, there's also the possibility of Corey versus Latifi. There's a lot of options there at 205 pounds, but all I got to say is just because he has wins over Glover Teixeira and Jan Blankovic, uh, let's calm down with the uh, with the title shot talks. You know, I was never mentioning it, but I hear other people saying that Corey turned some corner. And look, he's a great fighter, but he's always been a great fighter. It's just he hasn't been touched on his chin in his last two fights, Shaq. So just wait till it happens again, you know? You know, he ate some, he ate some shots in this fight, but, you know, he stayed composed. Like, he stayed composed in other fights. You just don't know when it's the one that's going to be down. When the the punch, you don't know the punch that's uh, going to put him down. But, I mean, he stayed composed in there. And like his, like we said, I mean, his game's just super well-rounded. But uh, that chin will definitely be exposed down the line. But that was a great performance. Easy work. Hey, that fake to that uppercut he hit Glover with, that was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, like uh, Mark Henry and them, they definitely made some improvements in his game along the years. Uh, if they can just uh, keep finding ways around that chin, they're going to be uh, – Corey's a tough matchup for a lot of dudes because they can't keep up with that pace. Well, something else that we know is that the judges made it home safely last uh, night in Hamburg, Germany because Abu Azaitar, he got two 30-27s, a 29-28. He got the unanimous decision over Vitor Miranda. And, you know, I said it. On our preview show, I also said it on Twitter yesterday that Abu Azaitar, he kind of reminds me of, you know, that very physical, overwhelming guy who doesn't have the cleanest technique, but he wins fights based off his will to win and his physicality alone. Kind of reminds me of the 185-pound version of Alex Cowboy or OSP. I think he's that guy for the middleweight division, so I actually do see him winning a lot of fights in the UFC, Shaq. Yeah, I think he's an average fighter. You know, I, I don't see any top 15 potential in him. I thought it was a close fight. I thought every round was, you know, up in the air. He's definitely got some uh, pop on his punches, and he's a tough guy. But, you know, you know, um, if I mean, if he keeps getting favorable matchups like that one, you know, yeah, he'll win those. But uh, I don't think uh, he'll be top 15 or anything like that. But 
Hey, he did his job. I thought every round was up in the air, so I don't want to hear any uh, robbery bullshit. So the 30-27s really didn't surprise me that much, but Abu's uh, definitely a, a good fighter. One thing I really liked is, you know, we were talking about how he uses his physicality, uses his strength, is every time he was on his back, you know, he wasn't over there, you know, using momentum, using nice jujitsu. He was just fucking overpowering Vitor Miranda to scramble out of those situations. It was kind of awesome to watch, uh, even though I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I got a, a lot of respect and admiration for proper technique, but it is cool to see these super physical guys. Like I mentioned, the Alex Cowboys, the OSP, uh, the Abu Azitars, uh, just kind of muscle their way out of those positions, get on top, and win the fight. Um. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it was definitely definitely a big, muscly guy, but, uh, you know, uh, he did fight a 40-year-old man. Yeah, he did. Well, man, it's too bad Brad Scott dropped to welterweight. You think with the steroid suspension he'll go up to uh, 185 again? I don't think that guy's going to fight again. So, you know, um, I think in, uh, you know, Abu, if they want to keep him on the Europe scene, um, how about my boy uh, Gerald Merchardt versus Abu? Oh, yeah, I like that. But I, I really wanted that Gerald Mershart versus Uriah Hall fight. So what I'm thinking is I know Jack Marshman ain't about to go back to 70 again. So what I was thinking is they could uh, run that rematch inside the UFC's octagon, Jack Marshman versus Abu Azitar part two. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think uh, how about my boy Alessio DiCirico? Oh, yeah, you know, I wanted him to fight Darren Stewart, but Darren recently got booked. So, okay, Alessio DiCirico. Versus uh, Abu Azitar. And as far as Vitor Miranda, it, you know, it is probably time to, to hang up those gloves, huh? Yeah, you know, he's he'll go on kickbox or something. <laughs> yeah, he had a good career, so props to him. You know, 40 years old, stepping inside that octagon, th- going three hard rounds, so. And every single fight he had in the UFC, for the most part, was pretty exciting, too, so. You know, hats off to Vitor Miranda. Now, uh, Marcin Tibura beat Stefan Struve via unanimous decision, and. Man, I mean, you know, he outpointed him. He had that one scary moment in the second round where he ate that front kick. Uh, you know he always tries to fuck shit up in that second round, man. You remember that second round versus Arlovsky, now that second round versus Struve. But Marcin, uh, at the end of the day, he got it done, Shaq. Yeah, you know, Marcin, fraud boy, you know, he's a, he's a good <laughs> fighter. But, you know, Struve, uh, like we said on the show, you know, Struve's fighting himself at this point, And, you know, he's giving up those easy takedowns. And Marcin was able to stall him out and do his thing and went on points. So, you know, I don't think either guy uh, gained any stock. I really don't know where Struve goes from here. But, you know, he'll keep his job. He is Struve. This is the heavyweight division. There's always jobbers to fight. But Marcin, you know, man, I, I used to think that guy was uh, – had a bright future, you know, now I think his ceiling's pretty much shelved out. Um, but, uh, you know, he, got, he, he did what he had to do. Listen, uh, I think it's time to see uh, Marcin Tibora versus uh, Francis Ngannou. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's find out who's a bigger yeah, fraud. I think that uh, has the, the makings of the most boring fight, you know, because uh, Francis <laughs> won't throw punches and Marcin <laughs> is a point fighter. So, <laughs> you know, um, how about my boy, my boy, uh, tied to Ivasa versus Martin Tabor? Oh man, you want to do that to Marcin already? <laughs> you know the, yeah. the, the thing that's funny about Francis and Ganu versus Marcin is it's it's the guy that can't take a punch in Marcin versus the guy who's too scared to throw a punch in Francis. So I kind of <laughs> wanted to see that matchup and see what would happen. But yeah, if Tui Ivasa needs a uh, you know another little nice quick win, a nice little step up that ladder, that is a good one for him. So Marcin versus. Uh, 
tied to Ivasa is a good fight. As far as Stefan Struve, maybe you can do Stefan Struve versus Francis Ngannou. <laughs> that would be uh, one of the most awkward fights, you know, because uh, Struve, man. Man, I'd really love to see how Francis could fuck that up. But I really want to see Francis and JDS. My boy JDS called him out, so they got to run that. They were supposed to run it back when JDS uh, popped, so they got to settle that. Yeah, I agree, but Francis needs to get his confidence back first. And even, <laughs> even though JDS is, you know, he's coming off a win, he's a little shot, but still, man, uh, the way Francis fought his last one, and then obviously the like, thing is, at this point, Dana's done with them. They don't, they don't give a shit about Francis anymore. <laughs> now they're gonna start using Francis to build their other guys. Yeah, but I mean, to build JDS, JDS is already built up, so it's like. And who would win that fight anyways? You know, would Francis show up and sleep him or would Francis be gun shy and get out pointed, you know? But Oh, I got my boy JDS by Vicious KO. Oh yeah? <laughs> <laughs> who who you got if uh Struve and uh and Francis fight? You think Francis would launch him into the tenth row or you think Francis would uh be mesmerized by the height? Um, yeah, he'd probably he'd probably knock out Struve, but uh from let me ask you this, would he knock out Struve if he went to France uh, one week before the fight? Um, <laughs> uh, it would definitely be here. It'd probably go all three rounds. Either way, Struve and uh, Francis, they need to get their confidence back. As far as Marcini, I like it. Feed him to tie to Ivasa. So I- I'm good with that. Welterweight division, we had Danny Roberts defeating David Zawada via split decision. Now, it's interesting. 220. 220- 229-28 for Danny Roberts, 130-27 for David Zawada. They got the fight of the night. First of all, who'd you score for? Yeah, I had it two rounds to one for Hot Chocolate. You know, I thought every round was up in the air, just like, you know, a lot of the other fights. I thought every round could have been scored either way. But I thought Hot Chocolate won those, uh, the first and the third, yeah, first and the third rounds. It was a great fight, Zawada. I knew Zawada was going to be a tough opponent coming from that KSW promotion. He's been in big fights before. And, I mean, he performed. I think he's got a good future, even though he's, you know, uh, probably hitting, you know, the end of the end of the road. But uh, I think he's got a good future ahead of him. I think he's going to win a lot of fights. And uh, Hot Chocolate's got that heart, man. Hot Chocolate will never quit in any fight. Yeah, he's chinny. Yeah, he's got those Travis Brown legs. But, motherfucker, Hot Chocolate uh, will not quit for anything. You have to put him out cold. So, props to Hot Chocolate. I hope he... uh he, uh, he got another 50K bonus. The guy's a consistent moneymaker, too. You know, he always brings it. And, you know, I want to see him versus uh, Sage Northcutt next, you know, something like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Uh, I had other plans for Sage. I want I want to see Danny and uh, Alan Juban finally run it. You know, they were supposed to fight this time. Juban had to pull out. And, I mean, come on, Danny Hot Chocolate versus Juban. Is that not an exciting matchup? Yeah, for sure. If uh, Juban still wants that smoke. Didn't he go running? Yeah, he did, but you know, my boy Juman's a tough guy. I think he was legitimately injured. Yeah, sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> what I want for Sage Northcutt is Mike Perry. I mean, think about the buildup in the main. Perry already has stuff. a fight, so. Oh yeah, he's fighting Cerrone. Fuck, that's crazy. That's that's gonna be a war. Yeah. Who you got? Um, probably Perry. Yeah, uh, I feel you on that. Look, as far as Danny Roberts, you really want to put him in there with Sage right now? You want to see uh, who the better man is? Yeah, man. I mean, because uh, Perry, that Perry fight, you know, that's not happening with Sage. And then, um, hot, unless Hot Chocolate took a lot of damage and I fight, I need some time off. But, uh, I mean, I think so. I mean, it's time to, uh, or how about Hot Chocolate versus Lee Jing Leong, Hot Chocolate versus Jake Matthews. Yeah, I like Anyone. that. Yeah, those are good matchups. And as far as David Zawada, 
I kind of want to see him and uh, Yancey Medeiros uh, have a go at it. I think that'd be a very exciting fight. Uh, yeah, my mom boy Yancey's, uh, he, he's under some, uh, I don't know what's going on, going on down there. But uh, didn't he uh, pull out his last fight? Yeah, he pulled out his last fight. Yeah, but, you know, they usually play Yancey in, uh, you know, these fun fights. But my boy David Zawada, he's he's a he's an interesting guy, you know. I want to see him in there, you know, against uh, I want to see him get a win, you know. I want to see him in there with uh, with uh, Sultan Aliyev or okay. a Chagas. What about you know, uh, like what about David Zawada versus Shinsho Anza? Uh, there we go, you know, something like that. Chagas, we got um, Alex Garcia. There, there we go. David Zawada versus Alex Garcia. So, Demir Hadzovic defeated Sergeant Nick Khan via split decision. I guess the only reason it was split was because it was in Germany, because there was nothing split about that fight. And I'm even surprised it was 29-28, because I scored it 30-27. The round which was in question was the second round. They gave it to Hein. You know, he landed a little more volume, but all that volume, he was swinging at air. He was hitting glove. He was hitting arm. So, I thought Demir picked him apart. I thought he jabbed his face off, and I thought that was the best performance of Demir Hadzovic's UFC career. And, uh, man, he didn't take any unnecessary risks, but he was still super exciting out there. And, and man, he was super composed, too. And one thing about Hein, we know the way to beat Demir is to take him down. Hein didn't even attempt a single takedown the entire fight. He wanted to give Demir his kind of fight. He wanted to stand and bang, which we know Nick Hein loves to do. And uh, it cost him in the end, Shaq. Yeah, he didn't shoot one takedown. So, you know, uh, I mean, uh, Hatsovich got the stand-up fight that he wanted, and he's the better striker. And he hurt him bad several times. I mean, Hines' face was, you know, pretty busted up at the end of that fight. So props to Demir. That was the biggest one of his career. And uh, now he's going to get that new uh, UFC contract. You know, he fought out his contract. He rolled the dice, and he and it paid off. So props to De, uh, Demir Hatsovich. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I want to see uh, Demir Hadzovich take on the winner of John McDessey versus Ross Pearson. You know, I feel like those two are going to throw down this weekend. And even though they're both kind of old on their way out, I feel like a name like that, you know, if Demir were to fight one of those guys and beat them, you know, I'm not saying it's going to put him in the top 15 or anything, but it's just going to further build his brand, help him get his name out there, get him to bigger fights. So I want to see Demir take on the winner of Ross Pearson versus John McDessey. Yeah, I like that fight, too. I was thinking that or, you know, uh, the dude that fought on his card, you know, Nasrat Hakparast or, um, or my boy uh, Des Green, you know? Oh, yeah, Demir versus Des Green. That would be a nice split decision type fight. <laughs> and as far as uh, Sergeant Nick Hine is concerned, I mean, what are you thinking, man? Because, you know, man, he, he's, Hine, the road, you know, he's, he's like tough. about 35. I wouldn't be shocked if they cut him, to be honest, man. Um, you know, I think they will give him one more chance, but I would not be shocked if they cut him. I mean, it's, he's getting up there in age, and I, it's a pretty pretty evident decline. You know, he was 6-1 and one in the UFC, and now he's 6-3 and three after that layoff, after the failed attempt to go to 145. I wouldn't be shocked if they cut him, but uh, if they give him one more chance, you know, they gotta, they gotta uh, give him to a lightweight prospect, you know, someone on the up and cup. And that's the position he's in now, you know. You got anyone specific you were thinking? Um, how about my boy Scott Scott Holtzman versus Hein or something, you know? Okay, nice little. That'd be a fun fight. I mean, I could, I could even see him in there against another fellow veteran, you know, Clay Guida versus Nick Hine. So. <laughs> yeah, my boy, or Nick Lentz versus Nick Hine, you know. Yeah, it's not something like that. So I think they give him one more shot. I mean, he's got a good UFC record, but Demir, uh, keep keep your eyes on that kid because if you can finally get that takedown defense and that get up game on point, 
look out because uh, the kid can strike. Now, uh, Bartos the butcher Fabinski, he went out there and he grinded out Emil Meek. I mean, straight up. He had his game plan and it fucking worked, man. It worked to a T. Got 130-27, 229-28. Uh, Meek wasn't the guy to capitalize on the openings, but uh, I guarantee you that he steps up in competition and someone will capitalize, Shaq. Yeah, eventually, like anyone else. But, you know, Bartos is a serious matchup problem at 170. I mean, everyone can say what they want about it being boring and whatnot, but it's effective. And uh, the only reason why they're saying these things is because they know that uh, they can't stop it. So, you know, Bartos is a serious matchup problem. Like we said, it's a different style of grappling than uh, Kamara. Bartos has better top control and just, you know, overall better pressure when it just comes to grappling. So, you know, Bartos... Bartos, man, if uh, my if a guy like gets matched up with Bartos, you know, I'm instantly scared. But uh, you know, of course, he sucks on the feet. But that wrestling, man, it's gonna take him a long way. He's what we consider a specialist, man. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. is a specialist, and he's very good at that one style. And I want to see uh, Bartos Fabinski versus Nico Price next because Nico Price, what he's known for is he's an opportunistic finisher. And with Bartos Fabinski, you have to be opportunistic when you get that little bit of space. Emil Meek wasn't able to capitalize. I think a guy like Nico Price, at least I want to find out if he's able to capitalize when he gets that opening. So for that reason, I want to see Bartos Fabinski uh, versus Nico Price. Yeah, you know, I see a lot of people saying things like that or, you know, Bartos. I'll tell you this right now. If he gets matched up with these mid-tier guys like Hot Chocolate and and uh, Jake Matthews and all these other guys like that on that level, those guys will, will you know, I, I hear a lot of people saying go ahead and put them in there with a sensei, and I think that would be a good fight too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As far as uh, Amo Meek is concerned, he's going to have to take some time off after that one. But uh, what about when him and Randy Brown are ready to, to throw down again? I'd like to see them fight against each other. Uh, my boy Randy. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, that would be a good fight. At least Mick could uh, finally get a stand-up fight because his last two fights, he's fallen. His whole UFC career, he's just been stuffing takedowns. So hopefully they can give him a fight where he can let uh, his technique go. Who would find a way to lose on that one between Emil and Randy? Um, Well, Mick's the, the better better grappler, right? Is well, it? not really. Not really. Cause, but Randy just plays around too much with the jiu-jitsu. Then he, like, loses position. And, um, I mean, that would be a good fight. Absolutely. So Nan Naramani, he put on an MMA clinic against Khalid Taha. Hey, man, this kid Nan Naramani, he paid his dues on the local scene. He came to the UFC, and he was very prepared uh, for that moment, man. Yeah, it was a little hairy in that third round. looked like something was going on with his nose and the mouth, but he had already sealed off the first two rounds. But, you know, Taha just couldn't stay off his back. And, you know, like we said, Nad would be able to bail himself out with the takedowns, and that's exactly what happened. Absolutely. So next for Nan Naramani, you know, if he stays at featherweight, I was thinking uh, Nan Naramani versus Shane Young. You know, I think that Shane Young, obviously, he brings that heavy pace to the table. And Nan Naramani, he's got that experience and he's super seasoned out there. I think that'd be a great competitive matchup. Yeah, I like that. And as far as uh, Khalid Taha, you know, obviously, they're probably going to give him one more chance. Uh, you think that, did they cut my boy uh, Taruto Ishihara already? Um, they will. <laughs> who's a who's a featherweight coming off an L that uh could fight Khalid Taha? Because I know I know they're probably uh How about Martin Bravo? Okay. Yeah, you know him and Martin Bravo could have a nice little throwdown, that'd be exciting. But uh yeah, but I like that Nad Naramani versus Shane Young fight, so I wanna see that. Now man, Alexander Rakic beat the shit out of Justin Ledet. Thirty twenty five, 
30-24, 30-24. When you talk about a 30-24 Shaq, that means he got a 10-8 round all three rounds. And he did that on two judges' scorecards. So we were talking about how you know these were two of the top prospects at 205. Well, it turns out Alexander Rakic is the top prospect at 205 pounds. Now the question is, do we give him you know a couple bums to beat up on? I mean, you want to... You want to give him a, a Jeremy Kimball just to go in there and, you know, get him a quick little win? Or are we thinking, uh, throw him in there with a Dominic Reyes with, you know, prospect versus prospect? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think Kimball is out of the question. Uh, Kimball got finished in the first round like his last two fights. But, you know, I think uh, Ratchik uh, definitely is uh, the top prospect at 205. And I think it's time uh, we get another 205-pound fraud out of that out of those rankings and Misha Serkinov. So, you know, they're both... Uh, both big guys. So, Serkinov versus uh, Alexander Ratchet. Let's put uh, Misha's back against the wall and see what he does. Yeah, I like that. Rakic versus Serkinov for sure. That's a good matchup. And for Ledette, he needs a bounce back. Here's where you use Jeremy Kimball. If they don't cut my boy Kimball, I mean, they got to use the next equivalent to him. But I'm thinking Justin Ledette, get back on track, and Jeremy Kimball, come take this L. Yeah, you know, they'll give uh, Ledette an easy fight next. Yeah, they better. Well, uh, Manny Bermudez, Goddard wasn't even needed, man, because Manny Bermudez put Davy Grant to sleep in under a minute, 59 seconds into the first round, triangle choke. Davy didn't even get a chance to tap. He went to sleep. And uh, Manny Bermudez is a very opportunistic finisher with those submissions. Manny Bermudez is actually, you know, generally dudes with that style. We know that they're, you know, they're going to get exposed uh, very soon. But with Manny, I think his might actually, you know, extend a little bit, man. Um, I think he might actually get through like three or four fights with with the with this, um, you know, submission in the first round because I mean the way he locks those things up, man. And not, his stand up looked a lot better than the debut too. I mean, I like how he faked that left hook and then came with the right hand. And I mean, uh, I know. I know Damien Stasiak and Cheeto didn't do that to uh, Davy Grant, so you know that was a uh, that was pretty impressive, man. Um, man, he's a, a serious guy. I bet a lot of one thirty fivers don't want to fight him because, like, you know, it's with him, it's like legit one fuck up on the mat. That's it, dude. What I want to see is I want to see two top bantamweight prospects go at it. I want to see the American prospect Manny Bermudez take on the French prospect Tom Duquenois. I want to see Manny Bermudez versus Tom Dukenwall. What do you think? I, I like that fight. That's a really good fight because we know that Frenchie, um, Frenchie lost his last fight, if we're being honest, against uh, Tarion. And uh, Manny, <laughs> Manny's not something to play with, man. And, and there's not going to be any controversy when you when, when you get choked out cold. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I'm interested to see if uh, Dukenwall can stay off the mat with him. Yeah. Well, if he can, he can probably actually knock him out because we've seen Bermudez yeah. has a lot of holes in that stand-up. But... That ground game is absolutely lethal. I mean, he might be the new uh, the new school Dubrox. I mean, that's a serious jujitsu storm he has. It, it might even be better than uh, Charles Charles's uh, jujitsu storm because uh, his triangles put you out cold. This is true. Well, Manny Bermudez versus Tom Duke, and well, let's see what's up. And you know, Davy Grant, he's gonna get his walking papers, and if he doesn't retire, come to the NFC, come fight our top thirty fivers. You know, I know my boy Devante Sewell. Could use a nice win over a UFC vet. I know my boy Jamar the Rockstar Whitehead's gonna turn pro soon. I know he could use a nice win over a UFC vet. So, you know, Davy Grant, if you still got something in him, give me a call and uh, we'll set you up here in that local scene. Now, light heavyweight division, uh, Darko, Lord of Darkness, Stosich. 
defeated Jeremy Kimball, first round TKO. And I mean, it was what it was. Jeremy was supposed to come in and take that L. I didn't think it was going to be that easy, Shaq. I thought he'd at least put up a little bit of a fight. But uh, he got the memo that uh, he was supposed to take a knee. And take a knee, he did. Yeah, you know, it was a little slow on the feet, but the second they hit the mat, you know, a couple ground and pound shots, and Kimball uh, was sent home, and, you know, that's exactly what they wanted to happen, and props to Darko, you know. I think Darko, he's decent, but, you know, does he have a top 15 potential? Uh, probably not, but that, he got his job done in that fight, and uh, Kimball, that, I wouldn't be shocked that that's the last time we see him either. Yeah, you know what I actually want to see for Darko? I know this is a massive step up, but just stylistically speaking, it just kind of intrigues me just because I know what kind of guy these two guys are. What do you think about Darko Stosic versus Glover Teixeira? Um, I mean, yeah, but, you know, Glover's way. I mean, it would be a good fight to watch. Hey, don't forget Glover was fighting Jared Cannonier not too long ago. Yeah, Cannonier on like a 2-3 fight win streak, but, you know. Um, well, Darko's on like a fucking 12 fight win streak or something. I mean, look, come on, bro. We know that's not gonna happen. Who you want next for Darko? Um, how about Darko Stosik versus uh, Jake Collier? Uh, okay. Oh, you want you want to keep him that low? <laughs> yeah, bro. He just beat Kimball. <laughs> yeah, well, you K- know, Kimball's a choke, dude. Yeah, well, didn't my boy DeLima go from beating Kimball to fighting OSP? Um, or was well, it the other way around? Big, you said what now? Or was it the other way around? Well, OSP was on a fucking three-fight losing streak, bro. He fucking beat Serkinov, bro. And yeah. fucking lost to Gustafson, beat Rashad, beat Kananir. Yeah, that's true. He did beat some guys, but you know my boy uh, Glover needs a bounce back, right? Yeah, but it ain't going to be that low, bro. Like, it's going to be like, like Shogun or... Fuck, yeah. We need Somewhere. something more exciting for Darko than than Jake Collier. You know what I mean? Um, How about uh, I know this guy isn't really exciting, but this guy beat Jake Collier. What do you think about Darko Stosic versus Devin Clark? You know, yeah, something like that. You know, that's about his level. Devin Clark, we know he likes to uh, lay and pray, and we know he likes to. He's scared to get hit on the chin, so I like that fight. And you know, Jeremy Kimball, uh, man, I. <laughs> If if they don't give him, you know, feed him to Justin Ledette or something, man, our 205-pound scene down here in Atlanta isn't the best either, man. There needs to be more light heavyweights, so I'm not really sure what you could do with a guy like Jeremy Kimball. You know, maybe maybe send him over to Bellator, get my boy a Tito Ortiz a warm-up fight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I have no idea what to do with Jeremy Kimball. But first fight of the night, Bantamweight division, and this was our bet of the night, Lu Ping Wang. Defeated Damian Stasiak, unanimous decision, 30-27, 29-28 on two cards. And uh, came through as a plus 100 dog. And, you know, had to wait till the last minute to bet it because, you know, he opened minus 140. And then it was a dead pick and it was about minus 120 apiece. And then more money came in on Stasiak. And it was plus 100 uh, for Ping Wan. That's when we went in. And uh, it's nice to get back on track and uh, get a big win, man. Yeah, you know, Damian came to fight. Penguin definitely came to fight. You know, it was a good, good contested fight. But I thought Penguin, you know, just slightly won every round. You know, I thought Damian, you know, had some good takedowns. But you know, I felt like he wasn't doing it, doing anything with him. I thought we we were outstriking him from bottom. I thought uh, we were definitely landing the harder shots on the feet. You know, every time we touched AC, I could feel it. 
But, I mean, Webster fought tough. But, you know, in a close fight, some guy has to lose and one guy has to win, and we got the job done. Indeed, indeed. And, man, I feel like this Chinese MMA scene, they don't know about Chinese MMA, man, because these guys coming up, obviously Li Jingliang already was the first guy, but now Yan Zonan, she came through two weeks ago. Song Yidong, a lot of people were high on him, and they, he showed exactly why. Now you got Li Ping Wan, even my boy Wang Guan. So the Chinese uh, MMA scene, uh, I got to tell you what, they're uh, number one for the Asians right now. Yeah, 100%. They're producing uh, guys. They got some more guys fighting in a couple of weeks in L.A. So uh, China MMA is very uh, it's popping right now. And uh, Ping, I mean, that was a great fight because, you know, a lot of young guys would uh, succumb to that pressure, you know, when Stacey X, you know, Wall and Stalin. And uh, he didn't will that at all, man. He, sang, he stayed in there for the duration of the fight. And that spinning back fist in that second round was definitely a devastating one. That was the biggest shot of the fight. And that third round, he had the... He had the uh, Composure to stuff those takedowns and shrug Damian off. So it was a good performance for a debut. Absolutely, man. Well, it's nice to to get back in the win column. You know, we're so used to winning that when we finally do take an L, and you know, no one has an 100% hit rate in this game, but when we finally do take an L, it's like a shocker because uh, we're so used to fucking winning. And the last four months, I mean, I can count on on one hand how many losing events we've had. So, you know, been killing it. Now we're back on track, and man, UFC Calgary is going down this weekend. The odds aren't released yet, but if they make the odds what I think they're going to be for this one particular matchup, all I got to say is I'm very excited. Yeah, you know, um, nothing's final yet. I mean, of course, there's no lines out right now, but it's going to be a big card. Any card with Dustin Poye on it's going to be a good card, and especially Eddie Alvarez. Those are uh, two wild, crazy men, and they're going to try to take each other's heads off. And, I mean, even the five pass prelims are pretty good, too. So I'm very uh, ready for this card. It's a lot of money-making opportunities. Bro, the card is stacked top to bottom, and these odds are going to drop probably in the next 24 hours. So it's time to take advantage of more opportunities, keep moving forward. And uh, we're very excited to get another big win. All right, well, Shaq, uh, it's going down this Saturday, UFC Calgary. Obviously, we're going to break down the card. A couple days after the odds come out, they can subscribe to Best Fight Picks at bestfightpicks.com, maxbetseason.com. We're going to get this money. We're going to get that job done long term. And real quick, because, you know, people are wondering what we do, you know, if we happen to take an L, because it is very rare, but sometimes it happens. This is the game we play. For every client that bought a one event package and took an L with us, they get the next event free. And not only do they get the next event free, Shaq, they get to stay on our service until they get that money back they lost. And they get to profit. So, I mean, dude, uh, we're out here trying to change lives, my man. That's all I got to say. So, I'm very excited about UFC Calgary. UFC Calgary is going to be uh, one of the best cards of the year, man. Um, a lot of a lot of good fights. You know, A lot of dudes uh, need wins badly. Yeah, you know these guys fight very uh, – you know these guys are dangerous when their backs are up against that wall. So, very excited to see what happens. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. appreciate all the support as always. Follow me at Best Fight Picks. Follow Shaq at MMA Genius 05. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Hook up those five-star reviews on iTunes. We'll be back later this week. So until the next time, let's catch these bets.